From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 421, for the week of March 22nd, 2015. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell. I'm joined by my good friend Marjorie Malata Willie and our special guest, Disboard's moderator Sherry Eady. And in this segment, Mary Jo has a day six adventure on Catalina Island. This sounds like fun, Mary Jo. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I've been looking forward to doing this and especially with Sherry since she has been there like what, two hundred thousand times, Sherry? It seems like it, but then when I think back, probably not that much. <laughs> <laughs> not quite that much. No. Not quite that much. Okay. But so remind, remind listeners what day six means. Day, we refer to this adventure as day six because Disneyland Resort has curtailed, I guess, mm-hmm. the Disneyland hoppers to only five days now. There is right. only if you're coming from Australia can you get more than five-day park hoppers. I right. believe that's how it goes. Yeah. And so a lot of people come here for the whole week, and so we're, they ask, you know, what do I do on the extra days? Yeah, exactly. Right. If they're going to spend that kind of money, they may as well explore the, the many different and fun things that we have to do here in Southern California. There you go. And I recently had the opportunity to go to Santa Catalina Island because they have a special promotion that Sherry will talk about a little bit later. But as usual, I am going to go into a little bit of the history of Catalina Island. And Catalina Island is part of what they call the Channel Islands. There's uh, several islands. I think there's eight in total going from Santa Barbara down to San Clemente. And around the Los Angeles area, we have two of them. We have Santa Catalina, and we have Nicholas Island. And Nicholas Island, people may have heard of it from the famous um, or the popular story, um, Island of the Blue Dolphin, about a Native American who was stranded on the island and lived there by herself for many years until she was brought to the mainland. But Catalina Island's a lot closer. Can anybody tell me how many miles from the mainland? Uh, it's in the song. I don't know. 26 miles. There you go. If Nancy was here, she would have sung it. Although and it's not and that's, quite. And that's why she's not here. <laughs> Aww, <laughs> come on. Although it's not quite 26, is it? I don't know. It's, oh. it's the, I thought it was 26. or It's between 20 and 26. But. Yeah, exactly. I think there's been some varying accounts of that. Some people say 26. Some people say 20. Some people say 22. But yeah, between 20 and 26. We should measure it the next time that we... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but since... That, since the, and we call it Catalina. Even though it's Santa Catalina, we, we call it Catalina. Um, it, people have lived there for thousands and thousands of years. Archaeologists, they've found um, settlements where the Native Americans used to live there. The, the tribe that lived on this particular island was called the Takik tri- tribe, which is different than in the northern uh, Channel Islands. They had the Tongva tribe that was up there. But what happened is when the Spaniards came, they changed. They just called all of them Gabrielinos. So even though they have the Gabrielino Indians or Native Americans here in Southern California, the L.A. area, they were really different tribes over there. And they used to travel back and forth from the island to the mainland, and they would trade this particular hard 
stone that's native to the island for fresh supplies, et cetera, that they would bring back. And so they were very good canoers because that's the only way they used to be able to get off the island. And it's a semi-arid island so that there's there's no waterfalls or anything like that. In fact, there's cactus there as well as other um, drought-resistant type plants throughout the island. So if you're thinking of something lush like Hawaii, that's not what you're going to get, although it's beautiful in its own right. Well, when the Spaniards came, uh, Vizcaino was one of them. He went over to the islands, and he's the one who actually named the island Santa Catalina. And because the the Spaniards came and started the missions, and they, they kind of changed the culture and the trade that they had in Southern California. So the Native Americans ha- lost their trade. And in addition to that, um, is that something that happened along the uh, throughout the United States, they got diseases that they just couldn't fight against. And so they were pretty much disseminate, uh, decimated in the islands and there's no longer any Native Americans on the islands, although there's descendants here in LA area, if you go there. So the Spaniards came, then the Mexicans came and had the land. Eventually it was taken over by the Banning Brothers. Locally, people would know the Banning Brothers because they're settled in the Whittier area and they promoted a lot of trade and other things in the Whittier area for our harbors and also on the island of Catalina. But they also ended up losing some money and in the 1920s, uh, a man by whose last name was Wrigley started buying shares of the island off of them and he ended up owning the whole island and this Wrigley was also the owner of the Cubs baseball team and Wrigley Field and Wrigley Gum and so this this uh, family had a lot of money they ended up owning this family he actually would bring his Cubs team to Catalina Island to have their spring training and what's now the golf course used to be a big diamond field and it was to the exact measurements of the Wrigley Field so they would come and play and they would uh, have their clubhouse to hang out and stuff so we have some of that over here on the island. When the Wrigley's uh, gave up the island, they well, let me go back. The Wrigley's, in addition to um, bringing the Cubs, they built a mansion that we'll, Sherry and I will both talk about later. And they also built a ranch on the other side of the island where they raised Arabian horses. And to this day, there's still Arabian horses there, though the ranch has changed. And we'll talk about that also in a little bit. So that's a little bit of the history of Catalina Island. There, after the Wrigley's left the island, they left it to the state. I think 88% of the island is a conservancy where you just cannot build on it. Part of the island you can build on, we know it is the town of, Catalina, of Avalon or the city of Avalon. But the rest of the island, they just can't build. So what are they doing? They're building more and more in Avalon. And Sherry and I will talk about that also. And a little bit, but it's it's a beautiful little getaway here in Southern California. So, what do you think, Sherry? Um, I agree, and you know, an interesting kind of thing to note about it: it's not even though it's a beach town, as you mentioned uh, shortly, a short bit ago, it's not particularly tropical or whatever exotic. So, it's not like you'll go there and find long stretches of white sandy beaches, you know. 
Um, it's a, basically a rock beach, and they have their uh, their sand. Uh, the Avalon sand is imported from other beaches in Southern California. Um, I know one beach that they get their sand from is Redondo Beach. They probably get it from other, you know, places in, in the South Bay or whatever as well. But um, it's... It's interesting because when walking through Avalon, that little beach, as small as it is, will fill up oh, yeah. quickly. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, it will be like shoulder to shoulder people because, I mean, there are not too many other places to just lay out, you know, in your bathing suit or whatever. So they take up every little inch of that tiny beach that there is. But yeah, it's a great getaway. I agree with you. It's it's beautiful. It's scenic. Um, it seems like a place that's farther away from Los Angeles than it is, even though it's not really, as we know. You know, you can get there in a short period of time. It's good for a day trip. It also makes a great weekend trip, you know, like a holiday weekend trip or whatever. There there are a lot of things to do. It can be both relaxing and active, um, depending on the kind of pace that visitors like to take. Um, and yeah, it's definitely, I always say it's my other favorite location in Southern California because we all know, of course, the first one would be Disneyland. Of course. Of course. That's always at the top of the list, but it's my other favorite. So, Why don't we tell everybody how the different ways um, to get to the island? Well, there's um, you can go by air or by sea. (laughs) You cannot go by land. There's no driving. Um, But you could take there's a helicopter service that run that takes about 15 or 20 minutes to get there so if you are prone to seasickness and you want to shell out the extra cash and i'm not sure how much cash you have to shell out i've never taken the helicopter but it's called island express <clears throat> and um that's one way the most common way to go of course is by sea and so within that realm you have catalina express Uh, which we'll be talking a lot about today. And um, Catalina Express, of course, has the terminals in San Pedro and a terminal in Long Beach and Dana Point. Um, San Pedro and Long Beach have more departures and return times than Dana Point. So I I tend to, to favor Long Beach or San Pedro over Dana Point. Then there's a totally different service, not related to Catalina Express at all, called Catalina Flyer. And that uh, leaves out of Newport Beach. That has a very limited schedule. Um, I don't recommend it for day trips unless you just want to take a very short, limited day trip. Um, I would only recommend the Newport the Catalina Flyer out of Newport Beach if you're going to stay overnight. Then it would be, you know, worthwhile. Um, otherwise, if you're just going for the day, you're, uh, you're very limited in, in when you can go and when you can return and the time you would actually have on the island. And then I'm not sure if this boat, if this service is affiliated with the Catalina Flyer in Newport Beach, but there's another flyer uh, that I think leaves out of Marina Del Rey or somewhere around in that range. Um, I have no idea what the schedule is for that. I don't even know if it's a year-round thing or maybe just during the summer. And again, I'm not sure if it's associated with the Newport Beach flyer. But um, I I generally stay away from the flyers. I stick to the express. I don't do the helicopter. And I stay away from the Catalina flyer. So I couldn't tell you too much about those. However, 
from what I have seen and heard, um, the Catalina Flyer out of Newport is often um, discounted. There are often discounts available for it through Groupon and various sites like that. So I think some people tend to favor taking it because they can get, you know, a cheaper rate, whereas the Catalina Express is, uh, you know, kind of expensive for adults. Right. So we're looking at practically $75, you know, for round trip for adults. So, um, but again, you get more of a range of uh, departures and return times with the Express, which is where the, the extra money is coming in. There's also the airplanes that they have an airport <laughs> over there at Catalina. And so you could fly over there, although that's even more rare, I think, than probably the helicopter yeah. to get over there. <laughs> so, yeah. so both of you and I have taken, um, I, went to I went there recently on out of the San Pedro terminal and they've they have really fixed it up nice. Um one thing I will say is it costs sixteen dollars a day for parking and they told me there is no discount. Ouch. Okay. Yeah and I asked if there was another like a uh, long term parking and they said nope, sixteen dollars a day. So that's something that I think people need to factor in the cost Definitely. of parking per day. But I went up there to the terminal and it was quite large it they had a food express they had a little diner area where you could have a nice drink while you're waiting for your for your boat to leave and very and then they also had a desk for excursions if you wanted to do that before you went to the island and get things ahead of time then they had a nice waiting area then they had two gates to go over there what about how's the long beach terminal well long beach i think Probably the overall atmosphere of it might be different at the time I go. You know, I'm an early riser, so I'll go. I'll take the earliest boat out, which, you know, um, during the summer would be like 6.15 a.m. or something. So it's still dark out when I get there. And I think the crowd and the atmosphere is a little bit different that time of the day than if you were to go, <laughs> if you were to go say, at, you know, 2 p.m. or something like that. Probably a totally different group. But it's... um. It's it's also pretty nice. It's large. Um, there's a uh, big buffalo sculpture statue sort of thing there, because you know uh, many years ago, I, I want to say probably back in 2002 or 2003, they had um, sort of an art exhibit where they had different um, painted buffalo around the island. Like you had to find them. There were maybe 23 or 24 of them. It just kind of like that Mickey Mouse exhibit that was uh, at California. I remember Adventure. that. Okay. Uh huh. Kind of like that, except with buffalo. Um, and you know, all the different vendors in Avalon painted the buffalo different ways. You know, um, some had pizzas on their butts, and you know, <laughs> some were painted with taffy and things like that. But they were hidden in various spots around, so it was kind of fun to scout them out. And as uh, I don't know what happened to most of those buffalo, but if you look closely around the town of Avalon, you will see a couple of them still lingering in certain shops. And so they brought one of them over to the Catalina Express uh, terminal in Long Beach. So there's one of them there. There's also a kiosk for um, booking tours, which I just noticed for the first time last year. I hadn't noticed it uh, in 2012 or 2013, but it may have been there. Um, it used to be that you know you could only book your tours over the phone or when you got to the island. So I might have to try out that kiosk at some point. I'm curious to see how it works. And then, of course, there's a magazine that you can get there um, 
which I think you said you got, Mary Jo, the uh, Catalina Express right. magazine. It, and it's pretty extensive. It tells mm-hmm. a lot of things, it gives information, um, trivia about the different places that you see over there, as well as all the deals to do different activities on the island. It's very thorough. Right. Yeah, it's it's a very good deal for being free. Um, I was quite surprised. So I always grab one or two of those when I'm in the express terminal. And there's also a little cafe area for eating. And um, I think there's there's one main place to line up to catch the boat. But, you know, the line kind of splits off. Like if you want to go to the Commodore Lounge, you know, you, you branch off into mm-hmm. a different little uh, line. And then... Uh, but the main there's, I always seem to end up one main line. I never see any different lines or anything. And you know, at the time that I go of the in the morning, six fifteen a.m., I'm there with the hardcore divers and the hardcore fishermen. And you know, I'm not so, either of those things. <laughs> it's a whole different clientele going that early in the morning. It's a, yeah. I mean, it, especially on a weekday morning. Um, as opposed to like a weekend morning when you might encounter more tourists, you know, and more people who are available to go on the weekend. But a weekday morning, especially like a Monday morning, if you go really early, you might you might be going out there with some divers and some fishermen and whatnot. So that's kind of interesting. But it, it's a nice terminal. It's pretty spacious. Um, the boats, it tends to take about an hour, give or take, Five minutes. I've I've gotten there in under an hour before. Gotten to Avalon in maybe fifty-five minutes. Sometimes, depending on what the wind is like out on the water, sometimes it may take ten minutes more. I think it takes a bit longer from San Pedro, correct? Right. It takes an hour and a half from San Pedro. So I'm surprised. I thought it was going to be shorter from San Pedro than Long Beach. But the ship, the boat coming out of Long Beach is bigger than the one, and it's a catamaran. Mm -hmm. So the catamaran Mm -hmm. goes faster than the regular than the regular boat. Yes, uh-huh. So. Yeah. Supposedly. That's what they tell us anyway. Yeah, well, shoot, if you get there in an hour, and it took me an hour and a half to get there. So to get to the Long Beach, you would take the 5 freeway to the 405. Oh, gosh, I'm going to sound like the Californians on SNL. <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah. And then you get you take the 710. The 710 will take you right to the to the Long Beach Harbor where you would get your cruise ships and the Catalina Express. Mm-hmm. And then for the San Pedro, you're going to take the 110 freeway, and that's going to lead you right to, uh, you get off on the harbor exit, and it takes you straight to the parking lot and the terminal for Catalina. So easy to get to if you're driving. If you're not, you might want to try, um, I think you said Super Shuttle for you. Well, you use another one. I use a little sort of like um, lesser known service called Save-On Shuttle. They've not steered me wrong so far in the years that I've been using them for the last few years. They're small. They're not known well. They do have a website. Um, the They're a small company. The owner, John, is very nice. They're always prompt, um, friendly. I like point to point. You know, I don't like any stops. I don't want any stops at the airport or stopping to pick anybody else up or anything like that. I just want to be picked up on time and get there when I need to get there and then be picked up at night and, you know, come back. So I use Save on Shuttle, but um, I'm not sure if any of the the better known companies 
um, will go to the terminal. I would assume that some of them must. I know Prime Time Shuttle does, so that's another option. But seriously, if I was for the prices that the shuttles charge to go to the terminals as opposed to the airport, mm-hmm. I would get go to the Alamo that's there at Downtown Disney and rent a car for a day. Or there's yeah. several car rental places near the Disneyland Resort that people could, could go to and put everybody in there and go. To me, that would be the most economical way to get over there. So. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think if, if the, the people who are traveling have no problem driving, like if they're able to drive, they don't have a problem with it. I think a car rental would probably be, as you said, more economical. Um, the shuttle is just, it's an alternative to a taxi because with a taxi, you never quite know exactly what the fare is going to be. <laughs> you know, they, right. they will rarely give you like a flat rate to go to the terminal. So you could end up paying a lot more than you're hoping to pay. Whereas at least with the shuttle, you'll get, you know, an exact price, but it's not cheap. It's definitely pricey. So if, yeah, if renting a car is an option, that's probably a better deal. And I think also the parking is probably the same price, the $16 that you mentioned. I think it's probably the same at the uh, Long Beach terminal. Um, And again, this is the Long Beach downtown landing terminal that you want to go to. And I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure the parking has got to be that same amount, if not more. Okay. Well, and just last one kind of last thing about the going over is they do offer food on the on the boat. You can sit indoors or outdoors. And when I went there recently, we saw a whale, a bunch of dolphins, seals. So there's definitely, you have to keep your eye out to see some of the, the life, um, the animal life that's out there in the ocean on the way to Catalina Island. But let's talk about the fun stuff to do on the island now that we've let everybody know how to get there let's the the city of avalon itself is pretty small i don't um, not that many, i forget how many people live there but you can definitely walk the entire town one end to the other front to back with no problem it's a little bit hilly in certain parts but it's totally doable all the shops and everything are towards the seafront and the island is shaped like a crescent. Uh, excuse me. The city is it's, it's a cove. And when you come in on the boat, you're going to be coming in on the left side and then walking to the walking to the town. So, um, Sherry, do you want to tell everybody what you see when you're on the waterfront? Um, oh, you mean once you get into Avalon? Uh-huh. Well, um, as you say, you approach, you pull up in the boat and you get off and then you start walking into town. So, you're... As you get off the, you disembark and you head into town, like on your left-hand side, you'll pass a golf cart place, island rentals, and you just kind of keep following that path past the basketball courts, um, which will be on your right-hand side. And uh, then there you are on Crescent Avenue. Um, And you see a lot of little, well, again, it's a beach town, so there's a lot of little beachy shops, you know, with beachy kind of knickknacks that you would expect things made out of shells things made out of coconuts you know all that kind of thing you'll see the postage stamp sized beach on your right (laughs) on the right hand side now if you go early when i go you'll actually be able to get a couple of pictures of it before it fills up with people but you know if you wait like an hour or two it, it it'll be packed um and on your left-hand side, you'll see the famous Luau Larry's. That's a Catalina staple. That's one of the most popular places for island residents and visitors to go. I, uh, Luau Larry's is one of those places. It's a really, at its core, it's really a bar. But, 
you know, they kind of, they serve food there too. So I guess we'll say it's a restaurant, but really it's a bar where people go and get the, the crazy straw hats, you know, that point up to the sky. And you I know, saw them wearing those hats. Okay. They uh-huh. were having a good time there. Oh, they have a good time there. And, you know, the, they usually have, they have a tiny, I haven't been there in a while in, cause I'm not going to go in there by myself, but they, you know, they do have a little stage somewhere in the back there. They usually have some sort of band or singer performing and there's a lot of uh, classic rock. Like it, Catalina, when you get into Avalon, it's a very, it almost sort of feels like you stepped back in time in a way because everything is a little bit weathered and worn because of the sea air, but also like just random places that you'll go throughout the town, you'll hear uh, the Eagles or you'll hear um, American Pie, you know, the song American Pie, or you'll hear. Um, uh, Linda Ronstadt or something you know everything is v- there's a lot of classic rock so they they play a lot of that in Luau Larry's there's a drink there I can't remember the full name of the drink but the the their little tagline that goes with it they invite people to come in and quote-unquote get their wiki whacked don't even ask what that means <laughs> I have no idea it's whacking let's a wiki keep, I have no idea let's keep it clean the, come on yeah <laughs> Oh, drat. Um, no. <laughs> Something to do with a tropical drink. but Yes, okay, we'll say that. Yeah, so if you if you want to go in and be daring and wear one of those crazy straw hats, you can get your wiki whacked while you're in there um, and listen to some classic rock. There's also um, there's a restaurant, El Galeon, that I think they do karaoke there. In fact, Katy Perry was seen uh, doing karaoke there a couple of years ago. I think she was there. Um, you know, it's just, it's a very, there's a lot of, uh, you see a lot of people there, like what you would expect people who live at a beach town who've lived there for years. Everybody's really tanned, you know, really active. Everyone's walking and biking and, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's very active town. There's kind of a Mediterranean influence, wouldn't you say, Mary Jo? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because of the the tile, the Catalina tile, but also because of the way things are stacked on the hillsides. It looks very reminiscent of Greece or probably um, parts of Italy and maybe Spain as well, you know, I would imagine. Right. You've been there. You've been to Spain. I haven't. So you could. Yeah. So it's, um, there's a bit of a Mediterranean vibe mixed with the kind of classic rock thing and mixed with the beachy vibe and, um, uh, yeah, it's just, it's cool. It's laid back. Um, it's, it seems to be a nice place for, for couples to go on dates, for groups to go on day trips. Uh, it's a good place for diving, snorkeling, you know, all kinds of things. When I was there, there was people, when you said that there were all kinds of groups there, I saw one couple renewing their vows on one end of the, of the beach. On the other end, I saw a young bride and groom getting married. And then there were groups of young people having fun as friends. I saw romantic couples there. And I saw families. It's just, it's an island. It has, has something for everybody over there, which I really like. Especially since it's so easy to get there. And yep. like you said, to spend a day or even a weekend or so. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you mentioned the, the couple, um, the married couple. Uh, I think the not... The last time I was there, but two trips ago, I saw a just married couple walking through town in their full wedding gear, and the photographer was getting pictures of them on the green 
Pleasure Pier. That's something else that you'll see when you walk through town. The Green Pleasure Pier is probably something that a lot of people have seen, even if they don't know what Catalina is, if they're not familiar with Catalina or they've never been there. They've probably seen the Green Pleasure Pier in pictures at some point, and um, it's a very uh, iconic part of the town. And, yeah, this just married couple, and they were just walking along, and the photographer was having them stop and kind of turn around and look over their shoulders. But it's a very busy pier. You know, there's a lot of fishermen and a lot of tour groups and things like that going on. So it's, um, I don't know what kind of pictures they came out with, but it was an interesting backdrop. Probably really nice. Well, speaking of the Green Pleasure Pier, let's talk about that and some of the other Mm -hmm. different uh, iconic areas and places that they have there on the island. The Green Pleasure Pier was... uh, put together by the Banning Brothers, and they they trucked it, or not trucked it, excuse me, they shipped it over to Catalina Island um, in 1914, I believe. It was a long time ago. And that pier now has, a, it's the Chamber of Commerce is there, as well as other little places to either eat, buy souvenirs. You can go there. You can't miss it. It's it's in the middle of the beach area of the, of the Crescent Cove, and they, I also noticed that they, the restrooms that they have there, they have uh, men and women's, the public restrooms. I went there. They were so clean. I was very surprised that the restrooms were so clean. Oh, really? Yeah. Especially when you're going by a beach in public, etc. cetera. Um, and they had, I went there probably two or three times. And there was always somebody cleaning it and keeping it up. So oh, I that's was really, interesting. Yeah. I was I was really happy about that because that's you know. not I haven't used those restrooms and I mean this is probably goes without saying but I think most people know that beach bathrooms tend to be I mean it's just not a place you want to spend a lot of time <laughs> they're right, usually right. usually a bit on the unsavory side let's say and uh, I haven't used the ones uh, on the pier I've I've uh, used the restroom that's close to the you know where you get off the boat. Um, the terminal, the Catalina Express terminal right in oh, town. I've used those. Okay, yeah, that's a big... I didn't even walk over there, but... So it's good to know about those. And there's another very famous landmark in Catalina, and anybody who's seen any pictures of it have seen this building, and it's called the Catalina Casino Building. Mm-hmm. It's a big, round building. It's Art Deco uh, style, and it was put up by the Wrigley family. And this building... Now, you went on a tour of it, so I'll give you some time to talk about it. But the building actually is not a casino where you gamble, but it's a place to go dancing. And they used to have the big band, big band uh, popular big band uh, members used to perform over there. And they would be broadcast from the casino. And people would go from the mainland to Catalina to go dance and to listen to their music. And gosh, back in 1998, some friends of mine were really into big band. And they invited my kids and me there for the weekend, and we went dancing in the casino, and that was so cool. In fact, I've been dancing in there twice. Really? Yeah, and it was uh, swing dance. It was so pretty to go over there. So um, they do give free tours, right? They do. Well, free tours with the free birthday uh, promo. Yeah, with the Catalina Express uh, free birthday boat ride. There's... um, an accompanying list of birthday freebies, which we'll talk about more in depth a little bit later. And, um, you know, things that you can get totally free, things that you can get discounts on, so on and so forth. 
So one of those is uh, just added last year, actually, but it looks like it's returning this year, is something called the Discover the Casino Tour. I was actually thrilled when I saw they added it to the the, uh, list of birthday freebies last year because it wasn't available on my first two free birthday rides. Um, So the Discover the Casino Tour, we had a guide that, I mean, straight out of the Disney tour guide playbook. I mean, she could have easily been working at Disneyland. I almost asked her, you know, had she ever worked at Disneyland because she seemed like she was, you know, perfect for that kind of uh, tour guide model, you know, that they that they use at Disneyland. But, um, yeah, they told us all the things that, that you said about the history of it when it was built. It's very beautiful inside. The casino tour is one of those things where it may not appeal to a lot of people, unless they're interested in art and architecture. Um, I found it interesting, uh, you know, learning a bit about the history of it. When you walk through the casino on the tour, they take you up a few levels. There's a lot of walking up ramps. So if you don't like climbing up ramps, this may not be the tour for you. There's like ramp after ramp after ramp, and then they tell you, you know, after you uh, climb up, so far, they tell you that you've just climbed to the equivalent of however many stories, you know, seven stories or something, something mm. crazy like that. Um, and uh, they tell you that um, a lot of the architecture and the artwork that's on the walls has stayed intact in the casino and has not had to be restored or has not had to be removed or anything. The reason it stayed intact is because uh, not only was there never any gambling in the casino, as we know, but their uh, smoking was never allowed. So oh. even back when smoking was all the rage, like back in the 30s and the 40s, and um, smoking was not allowed, so that uh, helped to preserve the architecture and the art. I- I'm sure they've probably had to tweak some things and replace some things, but a lot of it is largely intact and as is and has had very little done to its you know, specifically because of that. Now, you would think that simply because of the proximity of the casino to the ocean, you would think that the the sea air would somehow right. seep in. I don't know how they've managed to prevent that from happening. They they obviously know what they're doing, but the sea air doesn't seem to be much of a problem for the interior. Um, and so, just keeping the smoking out, you know, allowed them to uh, to keep it looking sharp. And uh, they will show you some art. When you get to one particular room, they will show you some art that's on the wall that was uh, um, done by the artist who did the initial Wrigley Chewing Gum campaign. She uh, designed the campaign, so she also did the art for, you know, that's on the wall in in this particular room of the casino. And, you know, they'll take you to a room where they have a lot of black and white pictures on the wall showing you the big bands and and various uh you know artists who performed there over the years um and there's a jazz festival every year i which i've i've not attended it it happens in october every year i think i could be wrong but i think it takes place in the casino don't quote me on that um i may be wrong on that but it's i think so or near the casino (laughs) it's in or near one or one or the other but um yeah, right. so it's it's very beautiful, and they take you up to the top, and then you you look out. You know, there's beautiful ocean views everywhere you look in the town, anyway. But I mean, then you know, you go a little farther up, so you can kind of overlook everything. And I think it's just it's a really good use of time. It's not an exceedingly long tour. This this particular discover the casino tour. There is a lengthier one, 
that you pay for, you know, um, there's one that, that lasts longer, that's over an hour, but this particular one with the free birthday promo was, uh, about 40 minutes, 45 minutes. So it wasn't too long and it wasn't too short. You know, you felt like you were getting a good amount of information and, uh, history and, and, you know, scenic views and things like that for, for the time, especially since it was free. I thought it was a good value. Right. I, I, I love tours like that, especially mm-hmm. because they tell a little bit about the history and other things that just help you appreciate it. Yeah. And um, going from the casino back towards the waterfront of Avalon, you pass the Tuna Club. And what I learned about that, it's the oldest fishing club in the United States. It was founded in 1898. And you can still um, walk past it and see it and people still use it today. So I thought that was really interesting. They say that people like Teddy Roosevelt, Winston Churchill, Cecil B. DeMille, Charlie Chaplin, Bing Crosby, they used to go over there and um, they were members of the tuna club. Now, Winston Churchill to come all the way from England just to go fish tuna from there, that's pretty pretty darn cool. Well, you know, you mentioned the golf course earlier when you yeah. were talking about the history of the island. The golf course, that's another thing where I've read varying accounts of it, but some people have reported that that golf course is is the oldest golf course in Southern California. And others say that it's one of the oldest golf courses in Southern California. So I don't know which one is true, but it's old, yeah. whatever the case. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And then there's also the Zane Gray Pueblo Hotel that's up as you face Avalon. It's kind of close to the, to the casino. It's on that side, definitely. And Zane Grain was a famous author, American author in the 20s. And he built this huge house up there back when you could do stuff like that. And they've turned that into a hotel. So if people like to stay in historical type places, that might be one of uh, a hotel that people might want to stay in. It has a beautiful view of Catalina Island. Well, you know, for uh, a, long, a long time, that was one of the few... I'm not talking about like the recent years of Catalina, but mm-hmm. like in the old days when I was first going for a long time, the Zane Gray was one of the only places in Avalon that had a pool. Most of the hotels did not have pools. Um, that was really, there were maybe a handful of them. You know, you'd look through the visitor's guide and, and you'd see maybe like two pools. That was one of the only ones. It was a long way to travel. You know, you have to go up into the hills to get to it, you know, to get to a pool. But now I guess they've, they've changed that, but. Oh, yeah, I've seen some different things over there. And also by the um, casino above it also are the Chimes Tower, and you can hear them. Um, It was built in 1925. You can't miss it. It's just these chimes on the side of the road. It's an arch on the side of the road with these chimes in it, donated by uh, Mrs. Ada Wrigley. And every 15 minutes, just like uh, it's a small world clock, it rings chimes. And I was all the way across town up on the hill by the Wrigley Mansion, and I could hear them. And it was just so peaceful to hear those chimes. It was so pretty. And speaking of that, as you face Avalon on the left-hand side, so the right-hand side you have the casino. On the left-hand side you have two buildings that that kind of stand out. And one is at the very top. And it's the the Wrigley Mansion. Now, do you have any notes on the Wrigley Mansion? No. Um, you're not talking about the Holly Hill House. 
that's up on the hill. You're talking about the... I'm talking about, it's now called the Inn on Mount Ada. Oh, yeah, the Inn on Mount Ada. I don't know too much about it. I've never stayed there. It's It was always, like, when I've rented golf carts and things and, and gone through the hills, it was always, uh, my friends and I always refer to it as the place with the steps. It always <laughs> had the steps in front yeah. of it. Um, and it, I, it was serving, it was a bed and breakfast type of place for a while, but I never actually stayed there. So I don't know too much about it other than it's had sort of a, a re-emergence recently. Uh, and now it's, uh, you know, offering a more extensive lodging and right. ar- when I array of there, food. And, yeah, it was, it, when I went there, they gave tours of the home. It was built in 1921 by the Wrigley's and the furnishings in there are just like when they lived there, when you do go there. So it's beautiful. You can see the style that they lived in. The view that they had of not only Avalon and the casino, but on clear days, you could see Los Angeles. When I was there the um, for my birthday, I could see the Santa Monica Mountains, I, certainly Palos Verdes. I could see Saddleback. Uh, I could see Mount Baldy. I could see so many landmarks. And on the mainland that I had never really noticed before. So it was just to think of when they lived there before there was so much smog, the views they must have from that home is really beautiful. And then lower on the hill, there's another house with a peaked um, peaked roof. It's a red roof, outstanding. It kind of looks like it's a Victorian-type house. And that was built by a sea captain. He had fallen in love with this girl on the mainland, and he built this house and it took him two years to build it well by the time he finished and he went back to get her she'd already married somebody else so it kind of has a sad story to it but nevertheless it's still beautiful over there so those are some of the different landmarks that they have at Catalina Island besides the other plaques and everything that you see and one thing that I saw when I went walking I walked up to the Wrigley Mansion so that I could go to that overlook. And I passed a pet, it's a homemade pet cemetery. And so I went walking in there and my, one of my favorite was a, a grave to Hamzilla, who was a proud husband and father of 16. <laughs> and, and there's one that just was so touching. It was this, um, the, uh, the dog that had lived from 1994 to 2004 and every year, who, the owner paints a river stone and marks the year and has a different scene and marks, puts them on the dog's mark, um, on the dog's grave. Oh. So the, it was a really interesting little unexpected stop that I had when I went there. But I'm sure people aren't going to come from Disneyland to see a pet cemetery and some of I these other things. <laughs> I can't believe that you walked up there. I know where that pet cemetery is. I've passed it in the golf cart before, yeah. and I'm envisioning the, the walk to get up there. You walked up there. Wow. Yeah, I walked you up there. You must love your hiking. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to walk, and yeah, I went, I, I went up to the Overlook, and they have this bench, a stone bench up there, and I sat there probably like for two hours watching the ships uh, come in and out and the hearing the laughter from the beach, and it was just beautiful, and looking out at the at the mainland and just just taking it all in then i walked back into the town and started you know doing some sightseeing and i noticed they have so many different activities there on the on the island that people can do and just you know we've already mentioned that there's a lot of little restaurants and everything well there's a lot of shops also uh, not just the um the beachy kind of shops they have a lot of boutiques there's a, a little marketplace over there it's the Met- 
Metropole Marketplace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that place was so cute. I went over there and I had a frozen yogurt and just sat down and people watched as people, you know, were shopping and kids playing and everything. And they have fountains in that area, a little, not cobblestone, but kind of similar to cobblestone and only pedestrian, which I really liked a lot. So, and I also noticed they have Segway yeah. uh, tours over there. I almost did that. I'll do that next time I go. And you mentioned the golf cart. And one thing people should know is, the only vehicles that you can rent on the island to get around are the golf carts and bicycles. There are no cars to rent on the island of Catalina. And if you want to go into the interior, you have to go on a tour. I don't think that you can take the golf cart out into the island because no. it's that conservancy, like I said. Yeah, the golf cart only, and also the conservancy, and also they um, more than likely it would be too risky letting people, you know, run wild in golf carts, like up in the, in the back country where the Buffalo are roaming and things like that. It would probably be, you know, asking for trouble, but yeah, you can only go when you rent a golf cart, um, at least at the place that I go to rent the golf cart, which is Island rentals. That's the first place you'll see when you get off of your boat and you start walking into town, it'll be the place on your left. It's uh, they give you a map of, the whole course that you're going to follow and the roads and things like that. Really, I never follow the map. I just kind of go, I, you know, I follow along until I get to a sign that says I can't enter there. You know, Um, you just keep following the signs that say scenic route, scenic route. That's where you're supposed to go. You'll kind of know instinctively when you get to a a road that you're not supposed to, to go on. Um, Because there should be a sign that says, don't go here, do not enter. But, um, yeah, it will only take you around up in the hills directly above the town of Avalon. You know, um, you won't go, to, like, into the interior. You won't really go uh, into any of the backcountry. That's not to say that, that you won't see an occasional uh, little glimpse of wildlife. Um, I remember some friends of mine and I rented a golf cart once, and we were traveling one of the quieter roads because, you know, not all the roads up there are, are hectic. You might find yourself sharing a road with a very, very large tour bus who wants to get by you. And, you know, the roads are a bit narrow up there, yeah. so it can be a bit hairy, you know, when the giant tour bus wants to pass the little tiny golf cart. But that's a different story. But some friends and I were tooling along on one of the quieter parts of the golf cart path, and we saw some deer Um Oh, cool. Crossing the path. Yeah, it was like a mama and her babies. So they they do occasionally, the wildlife, you know, will occasionally trickle down closer to town. But you're not going to see any buffalo or anything like that, you know, when you're in the golf cart. At least, you know, not if they're doing things right and keeping the buffalo where they're supposed to be, you know, in the rugged interior. They're not supposed to be storming the streets of Avalon. We're mentioning Buffalo here. Just want to say that the Buffalo, there was a movie back in the 20s. And so they needed Buffalo for the movie. And they took 14 Buffalo to the island. Well, the herd is up to 150. So they keep, they maintain it. But they allow the the herd to, to roam the island. And so the only way to see them is to take the, in, it's an inland tour. It's an inland bus tour. And that tour will take you to the other side of the island. We'll show you the remains of some of the settlements from the Native Americans. Um, they ate a lot of fish, a lot of shells. So you see a lot of abalone shells and other 
uh, remnants from their settlements. It'll take you to the the airport over there, and also there's a picnic area, and so you get to see some of the in interior part of Catalina, as well as seeing the buffalo that's out there. That's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, and so besides that, there's also hiking that you can do, and there's zip lining. Zip lining is relatively recent. Yeah, but a friend of mine went did it the um, before I did, and he he. He wanted me to do it. He was like, you got to do the zip lining. It's so much fun. And he went, for, you know, step by step. So it was a little bit pretty extensive from what from what I was told. And he, it goes over this canyon and safe, of course. But he said it was a real adventure and you could see everything. He said it was so beautiful and it was really exciting. So that's one thing that that he had that he had uh, recommended. And before we get back to more of the things to do in Avalon, I just wanted I do want to mention that. On the other side of the island, you might be able to get there by tour if they still have it. But there's a ranch that the Wrigley's had had uh, put up there. It's called El Rancho Escondido, which means the hidden ranch. And it was um, built in the 1930s, and it has prize-winning Arabians there. It's um, I actually did go there, and they, they put on a show with the Arabian horses for us. Tom Mix used to go over there, and he, I guess he had horses there. You could see some of his saddle. Saddle. Um, he's a Tom Mix is was a famous uh, movie cowboy in the day, in my dad's day, I think. And the ranch now is uh, they've turned it into a vineyard, so it's things are kind of changing on the island itself. And you may or may not be able to visit it depending on what they're doing there on the island. Maybe in the summertime, they allow visits. But back to Avalon. And some of the different activities, there's a lot of water activities over there also, right? A lot of water activities. And I also wanted to say before I forget, too, speaking of things to do there and, and the kind of newer things that have been added into the roster in the last few years, like the zip lining. Um, it's interesting because after my last trip um, in July last year, I shortly thereafter, I received a survey, an email survey from, uh, I don't know if it was the Catalina Visitors Bureau, something like that. And they were asking me what I thought of all of these proposed ideas for new attractions and things that I guess they're considering adding in. And it sounds like some of them might be up in the hills, like one of them was an alpine coaster. I thought that was kind of interesting. So I don't know what exactly they're trying to turn it into, but it seems like they're really trying to go for that tourist dollar because for a long time Catalina was you know kind of a nice place to visit but there wasn't a whole lot of change going on there there were the water activities and the land activities but you know there weren't a lot of new things added in suddenly there they are with the zip lining now they have some sort of a an adventure underwater thing where you can walk on the floor of the the ocean you know you that hold on to so cool yeah you wear a big you know head apparatus and uh, you hold on to a rope and now, a guide takes you that's along. That's what we, yeah, we, Wes and I did that in St. Martin and then again in Grand Cayman. It's really, really cool. It okay. looks very cool. Now, the and one thing that's cool about Catalina and what Sherry's talking about is Catalina is a little bit, is, is different than the mainland. The mainland, we have these beaches that go out. Catalina, like Sherry said, is rocky. So you're, you get down there and you're, it's not a gradual walk out to, to get a little bit deep, it's it's right there, and there's a lot of kelp beds, and mm-hmm. because of the kelp beds, the sea life around Catalina is just teeming. You have big groupers. I mean, these are huge fish. You have Garibaldi, which 
I don't, I've never seen any Garibaldi around the mainland, but when I was waiting for my boat, I saw more than 20. By oh the, my goodness. You're, yeah. you're not joking. They're everywhere. As soon as you get off the boat and you just start walking into town, if you just walk along the railing and look down in the water, they're everywhere. Yeah. And what the Garibaldi is, it's a bright golden orange fish and you're not allowed to fish it. So it must know that. So I don't know if it's like thumbing. You know, the, the fishermen, you know, like a nina, you can't catch me <laughs> or something. But they're, it's, they're really pretty little fish. They're bright orange. Of course, we're going to say gold because we're the golden state. And um, so they, they stand out in the water. So when you go down there on that tour that Tom did on another, another island, um, you're, you're going to see them as, long as, the, as well as the groupers and um, sea lions that are in the areas and other fish. There's... there's ton of them so i'm really that that sounds like that would be an exciting adventure yeah i think so that's one and you know some of the other water-based activities you can do of course catalina one of the things synonymous with catalina is the glass bottom boat that's something that i think there was a movie called glass bottom boat a very old movie probably from back in the 40s or something like that. I'm not sure how old it was. But um, that's something that people think about when they go. And it's kind of a novel idea, you know, because the you're basically looking beneath your feet. You're looking down to see the, the fish swimming around and whatnot. But it's, you know, it's not very expensive, but I also don't think it, it's worth the money that you'd pay, other than the novelty factor of it and because it's so um, intertwined with... Uh, Catalina, you know, um, I, I would, if you really want to see sea life from a boat, you know, like if you're not going to walk on the ocean floor and do that particular adventure, if you just want to see sea life from a boat underwater, I would do the semi-submersible. Um, I think it's, it's a submarine type of situation. I think it may be offered by a couple of different tour companies. Um, maybe one of them runs more often during the summer. But it's just kind of like the subs at Disneyland. You know, it's that kind of a setup. And you can see the fish and sharks, perhaps. And, you know, all the, the sea, the ocean plants and things like that. You can see everything so much more close up than you can with the glass bottom boat. So I would say if you're going to do one boat activity um, or if you're going to choose between glass bottom boat and the semi-submersible or the submarine, uh, how, whatever they call it on the island now, go with the semi-sub, skip the glass-bottom boat. But also during the summer, like between the peak season on Catalina is basically, well, you know, spring break is is pretty hopping over there, but between Memorial Day and Labor Day, that's that's when it's all happening. So that's when extra activities are added in, extra tours are added in, that's when the flying fish tour happens. Flying fish are another thing that are very associated with Catalina, even though I think you can find them in other places. They're very much part of Catalina culture. They are attracted to light. They come out at night. So the flying fish tour takes uh, place after dusk, you know, um, at night. You go out on a boat, which is called the Blanche W, and the W stands for what? Wrigley. Of course. <laughs> uh, of course, Blanche Wrigley. So you go out on the Blanche W, and the captain shines a big light, a huge light, um, against the coastline. And the light attracts the flying fish. 
And so they start jumping through the air. And, you know, at first you go out there and you, you see one little straggler fish and you think, okay, this is not going to be that exciting. One fish, you know, I'm paying whatever amount I'm paying <laughs> to see one fish. But then all of a sudden, you know, there's a whole bunch of them. But, uh, and it, you know, it ends up being very well worth it. But yeah. it's, again, that's something you can only do during the, between Memorial Day and Labor Day. And um, I've actually done that. And yeah. like you said, when, when you see those fish flying through the air, it's so cool. Because mm-hmm. where else do you see something like that, right? Yeah, and it's interesting how they love the light. And mm-hmm. they will tell you when you get on the boat, you know, and they're kind of prepping you for what you're going to see and what to expect. Um, they will tell you that occasionally a fish or two might land in the boat. And you can see how that can happen. It Fortunately, no fish landed in the boat when I did the tour. Um when I did, the fish flew over the boat. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it could, it's, you could see how it could easily happen because oh, yeah. they, get, they get blinded by that light. They're attracted to it, but yet, at the same time, it's, it's you know, confusing to them. So they start flying willy-nilly all, all around the boat uh-huh. and over the boat. And you can see how one could very easily end up in the boat. And supposedly, they don't smell very good, these flying fish. You know, the, their little fin slash wings are um, not uh, particularly lovely to smell. So if you get one on you, you might get some like oily residue or something that they warn you about. But other than that, other than the potential hazard of having a giant, you know, flying fish land on you, it's it's quite a cool tour to take if you can take it. But you've got to make sure that you book it, you know, because the tours only run during those summer months and they only run a couple of times at night each night. Um, you've got to make sure you book it like early in the day because they will fill up. There also used to be a tour. I think it still exists, but I'm not sure if it's only in the summer now or if it's year round. And I don't know what it's actually called because they've changed the name. There's a tour that takes you out to this area where the uh, sea lions sunbathe. Oh, on the other, it's on the on the south side of the island. Yeah, where the, the sea lions are. Uh huh. They used to call it Cruise to Seal Rock. And I remember that. The interesting thing was they used the same Blanche W boat for that, so that they use for the um, flying fish tour. That Blanche W gets around, obviously. But uh, I don't know if that same Cruise to Seal Rock tour is happening or if they've kind of revamped it and called it something else. But I think there is a version of it still going on, at least during the summer months, you know, again, between Memorial Day and Labor Day. Um after Labor Day, everything kind of dies down. You know, that's the holidays are are slow. Fall is pretty slow over on the island. You right. know, it's it's not the you don't want to go to an island out in the middle middle of the ocean when you know the weather is starting to get cooler. You know, that's why they don't get a lot of people there because it's it gets very chilly and the activities suddenly become limited. So that's not their peak season. I happened to go there in a day when it was ninety degrees. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was Santa Ana winds, and so the so the air was really clear. You know that's why I could see the mainland so well. But if people are interested in seeing the flying fish, there's a flying fish festival in June, so that would be a good time to go and and do that. So besides these tours that Sherry and I were talking about, they also have uh, kayaks that you could rent and go kayaking. You can go snorkeling. Um, you can do scuba diving, either with or without guides. Uh, you may have to have a license. I believe you have to have a license to do the scuba diving. 
over there on the island. And they rent all of this equipment over there. Or you could t- or you could take it, but they do rent it if that's something that you want to do. So there's lots of things to do in the water besides the swimming on that little postage stamp beach that <laughs> Sherry was talking about. Or sunbathing on it. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. there, was, there was a very red man laying there sunbathing when I was there. And there were people swimming. I was th- telling them, it's March. What are you doing in the water? But they said the water was pretty warm that day. So it could be because it's protected and it's because you're facing the, the land and not out in the ocean. The water could be, you know, a little bit warmer than if the waves were coming in from the, big, from the sea and everything. So they have that. But besides that, uh, the water that we're talking about, and, um, well, you know, you have your, your water sports. There's also parasailing over there that people do. There's the, on the, the water we've just named them, there's the outdoor activities that we talked about. There's the shopping and the boutiques we talked about. One of my favorite stores is there on the island. It's called uh, Del Sol. And I the store is so cool. I, I went in there and I started putting things aside to buy and I was like wait I have nobody to give this to but they're they're black and white t-shirts but when you go in the sun they turn colors oh interesting oh they're so cool and and they have Disney motif they I they had a lot of things that um a lot of Little Mermaid of course they had Finding Nemo for boys they had Marvel um and they have things that are Catalina related they have tote bags sunglasses jewelry that they might be pale, but when you go in the sun, they turn darker, a richer color. So that's a really cool store, as well as the, some of the other boutiques that they have there, um, where you can get. The, I mean, Del, Del Sol's kind of a chain. Are there local local shops as well? Um, Del Sol, I believe, comes out of San Diego originally. Okay, but yeah, they, but it's all over the place. Yeah. I mean, it's in the Caribbean ports, it's in Mexican ports, it's even it's, in Alaska. It's it's this, <laughs> it's even in Alaska. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, is that called Del Ice or something like that? No. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Just, but um, what I do like is they do have the Catalina shirts there also. Right. So if you want to take a cool souvenir, um, especially if, if Disney related, that I don't I don't see anything at Disneyland where they sell the Del Sol black and white no. nope. that, that turn different colors. So I thought that was really cool over there. But there's there's just so much to do. Um on the we what we didn't mention is that on the other side of the island there is another place to go and it's called Two Harbors. It's on the isthmus. When you're looking at Catalina, you'll see how it kind of it's a really long part. Then it kind of goes down, dips down. Then you have a little bit like a another mountain at tail part of it. Well, that isthmus is called Two Harbors, and you can literally walk from one from the ocean side, cross the land to the uh, landward side. So you have the seaward side and the landward side. That place is a lot more rustic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. if, you, if you really want to get away from everything and want to seem like you're out, I mean, they have wild boars over there and there's camping. A lot of scouting scouts go camping over there and everything. But they do have a hotel if you want to be more isolated and maybe see a little bit more of nature and really, truly get away from it all. You might want to go over there. I tend to recommend at the Avalon side. What about you, Sherry? Yeah, I think um, Avalon is the the heartbeat of the island, really. I mean, that's the hub of activity. That's where you're going to find most, you know, the tours and everything is pretty much departing from there. I think it's worth, you know, if you 
are there for more than a day, like if you stay a weekend or something, I think it's worth um, getting some transportation and going over to the other side of the island to visit two harbors just to see what it's like, you know, just because it's an an excursion. Yeah, it's an adventure. But it's definitely more rustic, as you say. Um, There are a lot of uh, bees over there. (laughs) So if you have an aversion to bees, and I know some people do. Yeah, they're allergic um, to them. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it, just be forewarned that, well, that, no pun intended, be forewarned um, <laughs> that there that there are a lot of them there. There's, uh, I don't know if they've added any more restaurants there, but there's a restaurant called Doug's Harbor Reef. And that is notable because that is the last place that Natalie Wood was seen alive. Uh, she and oh. Robert Wagner and Christopher Walken were drinking there, I guess, on the afternoon, you know, of the before she passed away later that night um they were seen drinking and carousing and i think arguing if i'm not mistaken Uh, i think that's how the story goes um at doug's harbor reef the only restaurant at uh, you know in two harbors at that time probably still the only one i'm not sure and then of course uh you know they got in their boat and the rest is history and the stuff of legend and no one quite knows what happened but um so it's notable for that but yeah, there are buffalo who roam through the campgrounds in two harbors, and uh, it's just, it's the place that you'd go if you really want to, to rough it a little bit more. Like, if you if you don't particularly want to be in the hub of activity that is Avalon, you know, you want something a little more isolated, something with campers and hikers and uh, whatnot. As you say, a lot of uh, scouts and school groups and whatnot will go there, and that's kind of where you go. I like going there not because I necessarily want to be in two harbors. I like the trip over there. I like to go into the interior of the island, into the back country, and see buffalo. Um, you'll mm-hmm. see more buffalo once you get past the airport into the less traveled uh, areas. You know, the, the roads that are a little less traveled, less populated, uh, more buffalo will come out and they'll come closer to the road so you can see them better. Um, so I like the journey you know, of getting there. And in the old days, I'm not sure how they do it now, but in the old days, it used to be that you'd have to take a long bus ride or whatever over there, which would take probably two and a half hours. It took about two and a half hours to get from Avalon to Two Harbor because you're traveling the whole length of the island. Um, but then to get from Two Harbors back to Avalon, we'd have to take a boat. So it was like a split transportation thing. Now, they may have streamlined it a little better now, or maybe you can take a bus there and a bus back i'm not sure how it works these days but it i just like the journey of getting there but once you actually get there it's like hmm there are a lot of bees and not much to do yeah. so you so know if you're only, only going to go for a day definitely stay in, in avalon and and if you're going to go on the weekend you know think of going to the other side as an alternate maybe the next time you go but for the first time there's certainly plenty to do to enjoy your time. And before we go, Sherry, there's some tips that you and I were talking about that we really think that people would help people in their visit to Catalina Island, especially the birthday promo. Why don't you briefly well, talk the, about that? And- yeah, the birthday, okay, the Catalina Express, again, not to be confused with the Catalina flyer that runs out of Newport Beach. The flyer has nothing to do with this. This is totally a promo uh, put on by the Catalina Express. Um, it's, they've been running it since 2011, uh, where you, you must travel on your birthday, but you can get a totally free round trip 
boat ride uh, just for you. But you've got the catches that you've got to go on your birthday. You've got to at least go to the island on your birthday. You can return on another day. They give you a window of time for your return. You don't have to return on the same day, but you've got to travel to the island on your birthday. There's no exceptions or anything. Um, and it's a very good value because, the, as we said before, the average uh, boat fare for an adult is close to $75 or something like that, round trip. So it's a very good value. Um, so that's totally free. Beyond that, there's an accompanying list called the Birthday Island List, which will outline all the things that you can either get discount discounts on, um, like a buy one, get one free sort of thing, or save 10% when you buy this. Or, But there are also some things that you can get totally free. Like I'm not even going to list the things that are just discounted. The things that are totally 100% free in addition to the boat ride um, for instance, you can get uh, coffee at the Catalina Coffee and Cookie Company, which I've done uh, each of the times that I've gone. Uh, it's free coffee. The people who work there are very pleasant, very friendly. Um, you can get free ice cream at Lloyd's of Avalon. And Lloyd's of Avalon, I should mention, is very uh, known for its taffy. It's saltwater taffy, but um, they, have, they serve ice cream as well, so you can get free ice cream there, which I've also taken advantage of. <laughs> you can get a free island trails map from the Catalina Island Conservancy office, um, which I've also gotten, taken advantage of that. You can uh, the discover the casino tour, as I mentioned, is new as of last year, and they've uh, added it again this year. It's about 40 minutes long, roughly, give or take five minutes. And, and as I mentioned before, it involves walking up a lot of ramps, but it's it's a worthwhile use of time, especially since it's free and you get a good um, background, you know, on the casino, and you you get to see the beautiful interior and the gorgeous ballroom and the movie theater is stunning it's uh so i think it's worth it for that so the discover the casino tour on your birthday will be free you can get a free birthday meal at the buffalo nickel restaurant um which is a little outside of town it's a little uh outside of the main drag that is crescent avenue you have to you could take a shuttle there or you know if you're feeling like walking you could walk there as well but any meal on your birthday is free there you can play free miniature golf at golf gardens i haven't done that uh yet i've played miniature golf there but not on my birthday and uh there's also free bowling at the three palms arcade and there's a free one and a half hour hike um with Discover Catalina. I think you go into the Catalina backcountry or some of the backcountry, not deep into it. But you can do that. That's 90 minutes long. And then I think there's also, you can get free snorkel gear or free snorkel gear rental all day um, from Scuba Love. You have to have a credit card for a deposit, but, um, but you know, after that, I mean, it's, it's all free. So those are, and then also for the last couple of years, I've walked up a rather um, punishing hill to get to something called the Aurora Hotel. Now, the Aurora Hotel is not listed on the Birthday Island freebies this year. So the jury's out on whether or not they're offering this. But for the last two years, they've been giving out either a free poster or a free um, CD. Last year, it was a free CD, which was a, a soundtrack to a, a documentary about Catalina Island. So it was, again, 
good gift since it was free. That is. The year, the year before last, they were giving out a free poster. And I'm thinking, you know, when I read free poster, and you don't have to be a guest at the Aurora Hotel. Again, it's, it's totally free. You can just walk in and say, give me my free stuff, you know, and they'll hand it over. But I was reading free poster, you know, two years ago. And I'm thinking it's going to be like a little mini poster, you know, just like a little, you know, half size one, just a little short one, but it's a big giant thing in this huge canister. And I'm thinking, where am I going to put this? I, I had rented a locker and I was afraid it wasn't going to fit. Fortunately, I managed to maneuver it in there and, you know, at a diagonal kind of angle, but, um, the Aurora is not listed on the, the birthday Island list this year. And again, it is up hill. So if people have any aversion to walking up hills, they may want, want to skip it, but, I did see on another website, on a website called eCatalina, um, supposedly the Aurora Hotel is offering the poster again this year. I don't know why it's not on the Birthday Island list, why it's on a different site, but supposedly it's being offered. So that'd be you may good want to too. take Yeah, that would be really good to take them up on it. So there's a lot of fun things to do. If you go on your birthday, it's even a plus. And when I went, you know, they give you a ribbon to wear and... So I put it on and I was kind of wondering on the reception, like, oh my gosh, you know, here's another person having their birthday. <laughs> but no, people were so friendly and they were offering things. People, hey, it's your birthday. You know, you get this for free. You want one? And so I thought that was really cool. The, the uh, reception was really nice. So definitely if you, it's your birthday, take advantage and go. And even if it's not your birthday, take a trip out to Santa Catalina Island and You'd like to know any more about it? Sherry has this wonderful thread on our boards in the Southern California section um, where you update it on a regular basis, right? As you find out information. Yeah, if I find out information, like whenever I find out if they're renewing the offer and they've been renewing it every year, you know, since 2011, I will post about it. It's the same thread that I started, you know, in 2011, but... um, I just keep adding to it or if I get any new bit of news or anytime I go, you know, I come back from birthday trip or whatever, I'll post about it. And And other people post pictures too. Casey Mike, one of our dizzers, he's posted some beautiful pictures on that, on your thread. And I need to post my pictures on the thread. Yeah, there have been a few dizzers who have gone um, to Catalina on my recommendation. One of them... uh, goes by the name ND, E-N-D-Y. She's gone. <clears throat> she did a 4th of July weekend trip a few years ago. She absolutely loved it. She took her son. They had a great time. Her son went zip lining. They had a blast. Um, Princess in Oz, she went oh, a few years ago. Um, yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of good tips over there. And so uh, kind of like mini trip reports on that thread that people can refer to. And I think if they have questions, they can reach you through the Diz, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They could reach yeah. you. Or you can email me at maryjo at wdwinfo.com. And I, I defer to Sherry because she is the expert. But if you have any more questions about Catalina Island, go ahead and send me an email or reach either one of us on the Diz and, or even on, post it on the thread. We're always happy to talk about Sherry's second favorite place on to yeah. go visit. Or Facebook. Find us on Facebook. There you go. Yeah. And on cool. Facebook, you're... I'm... Uh, well, the account that I'm sending everybody to now, I'm Sherry in California. Okay. There you go. Awesome. And there you go. 
Thank you, ladies. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.